Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Literally always? Hey, guys, we're live. <laughs> no, not always. <laughs> it's the only sweatshirt he owns is that Syracuse sweatshirt. It's not even really orange. It's just got orange letters on it. I'm disappointed. Yep. Um, okay, yeah. What's the football team's record? Not good. They're four and six. They're uh, to rebuild, the you know. to rebuild year. Rebuild year. I didn't expect them to win four games this year. They upset yeah, me. Attack. I'll take like a rebuild. How long have you been alive? I think it's been that long. No, they were good. My first two years there, they made it to a bowl game twice, and then just fell off the edge. Right. Um, okay, so, hey, we're going to talk about the Sharks at some point here. Uh, the Sharks lost tonight 3-2 to two, the St. Louis Blues. I'm Jacob Sundstrom, by the way. I don't know if I still have to introduce myself every time, but I should. I'm the managing editor at Fear the Fin, especially if people aren't watching, watching. That could be confusing. Yes, it could and, be. Uh, th- <laughs> this is Marcus White, staff writer at Fear the Fin. Hi, Brad. Uh, hi, hi. So this is the, the fifth of a six-game road trip. Sharks are now 3-2 and two on the road trip. Um, their two losses have come in one goal games. Uh, you know, I think that the score tonight is a lot more indicative of how the game went than the one nothing scoreline against Carolina, where I thought the Sharks really just played pretty terribly and, you know, just uh, played like we've seen them play against bad teams before. And that was pretty disappointing, to be honest. And I felt like they hung out Aaron Dell to dry a little bit. Um, tonight, though, I feel like they really played quite well and just, uh, you know, a little unlucky on uh, the power play. Martin Jones wasn't very good and Jake Allen was, was excellent. Just, just phenomenal. Uh, what, did, what did you think about how they played? Yeah, I thought tonight was a big improvement from uh, Tuesday. I thought Tuesday was one of their lesser games of the season, and they still only lost by a goal. They played a great first period. Second and third, you said it. They left Arundel out to dry, and it's really hard to blame him for that, even the goal, the one goal that he allowed. Oh, yeah, even the one goal was just that's ridiculous. Yeah, it was a good individual play and you know, fortunate bounce for Carolina. Tonight – you know, they got a good start. Um, the Kachur goal was uh, – it was nice to see him score at even strength. That's been – a you know, he's been – feel like maybe pressing a little bit and that, that Don Scoy ward Kachur line, the old reliable for Pete DeBoer. You can throw that yep. – he can throw them together whenever he needs, it feels like. Um, and then, you know, St. Louis got back in the game. They took a lead. And then LeBanc, his first NHL goal, I, I was thinking to myself tonight, if, you know, if he didn't have a big game tonight, that he may – may just get sent down when he goes back uh, to San Jose. Um, that was, of course, before Tomas Hurdle got hurt, so that's going to certainly change things. And before he scored, I thought thought he had a really good game tonight. He played well, but, uh, yeah, just a weird weird kind of game for the Sharks. I thought they played really, really well. You know, maybe their best one of their best games of the trip, um, but it didn't end in a win, and, you know, they really had a good, strong third period. But like you said, Jake Allen was uh, tough to solve. I thought the St. Louis defense did a good job to uh, limiting chances. And the Sharks also just, you know, there are some chances they're definitely going to want to have back. Marlowe missing twice late in the game, you know, from in close. He had one early uh, in the game, you know, too, that he that was a pretty bad miss, in my opinion. Yeah, he healed the shot early in the game, and, you know, he ended up getting bumped down to the second power play unit. So I think I think the biggest takeaway, though, from the game is if Tomas Hurdle is out for – 
any extended period of time, they are uh, screwed. They're, they're, yeah, they're in bad shape because he, you know, his. I think his flex. He gives them flexibility that like nobody else does. He can play on that top line, and he can play, or he can center the third line, and he's just as good in both roles. Maybe he doesn't score as much as the third line center, but I think he's been, you know, arguably their best player this season, if not one of their best players. I mean, I I think you could make a good argument at least for their most important player, if not their best player. Yeah. So I think um, that's going to be remain to be seen because that's going to cause. A lot of interesting wrinkles uh, going forward if he yeah. is out long term. So, yeah, we don't really know the nature of the injury. We really know absolutely nothing. The board didn't say anything following the game. Um, you know, on one hand, maybe no news is good news that he just he said he hadn't seen him after. Um, you know, which I, I hope is a lie because I don't want to believe that a head coach uh, just is like, oh, I have no idea. What's the deal? I didn't even check. Was he okay? Our, one of our best young players. What's the big deal? Um, so I assume that's what it is. Which you know, He told Chuck, Pashelka he didn't, didn't even see what happened on the play. I didn't notice. I just noticed him off the bench when Randy, uh, right. when Randy mentioned it and checking on Twitter. I didn't notice how or what happened to him. I didn't even notice what happened to Chris Tierney uh, when he right. came. So – you know, I, I wonder. I mean, they've only got one game left in the road trip, but it's a close enough flight from San Jose. Do you think they call somebody up if if he if he can't play? It, I think they have to. You know, um, honestly, I mean, because they've already, especially if Melker can't play again. You know, I mean, yeah. running out of guys to put in the put in the press box. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I know they could play uh, play Haley for a game, but I mean, I just just as far as they, I mean, they need they need the center. Yeah. You know, so I mean, if uh, assuming that Tierney's fine, that that certainly helps quite a bit, and they can play Wingles as, as the fourth line center, and they can do the Wingles Nieto Haley experience, um, and that 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 would be fine. You know, for, yeah. for one game, you know, whatever. Um, but I I wouldn't be surprised if they if they make a make a phone call tonight, at least have someone up. You know, for me uh, in a situation like this, you know, you call up a guy like Ryan Carpenter or something. It's just uh, yeah. just in case. You know, we'll see what's going on. And then, you know, you can make a make an adjustment to that when you get back home. Um, but, yeah, I mean, going forward, if, if Hurdle is out, and I don't want to spend too much time on this because we find out tomorrow, oh, he has a bruise, then, you know, yeah. this is a huge... And our podcast is completely irrelevant. Exactly. So let's leave it at if he is out for a while, one, the Sharks are in big trouble, and two, they are going to have to call somebody up. They can't roll, you know, can't, can't move forward without giving somebody else a chance, whether that's, you know, Goldobin, whether that's Meyer... You know, maybe even work Chartier because he's a center and has played yeah, very well this season. Yeah, I was going to say, I wonder if this is Chartier's – if Chartier gets the chance and centers centers the fourth line, I could, you know, seems like his game would translate well from what I've read about him and how he's played in the AHL. But, yeah, don't – yeah, for sure. It's going to cause a big, big hole in their lineup. And I think, you know, he's already, we've already seen it throughout this road trip. You know, DeBoer has – he's really mixed up his lines a lot uh, on the road trip. What, LeBanks played on – three different lines now since yep. he since he joined the team. Bodker's now basically skating on the fourth line, or at least he was tonight with Nieto and Tierney. What did you make of uh, you know his lineup changes ahead of tonight's game, and how do you think they played tonight against the Blues? I really liked Kevin LeBanc on the top line. Like, I mean, a lot. I thought that was great. I know we had talked about it as more of a – I mean, we, what we had, I think our conclusion ended up being, hey, LeBanc can play on every line. And I think we talked about the top line. It's just, oh, yeah, sure, he could play there. It's maybe a, kind of an afterthought. And I think 
he looked really, really good up there, you know. And I know that the Joes are capable of making a lot of players look very good, but quite frankly, I think he's the best guy they've had up there other than Tomas Hurdle this year. Um, I thought he looked great. I mean, looked a lot better than Bodker did there and certainly better than Joel Ward that does there. I just don't yeah. think that that's a good combination. Um, so I really liked LeBanc there. And I thought other than that, I mean, that's not not terrible. You know, I think that yeah. it's fine. I, I'm it's a little disappointed to see Bodker on the fourth line. Um, but, you know, I think that that just comes with the territory and that he's not, he's not producing enough. Um, and I like that that if he does turn it around that, that, you know, the Sharks will have some scoring on that fourth line, especially um, if, you know, they continue to play guys like, you know, Tierney and um, uh, in Wingles there. I think that's actually a pretty good fourth line, quite frankly. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the, to me, the biggest concerns still are that uh, Marlowe looks very bad. Um, and I think that, uh, and Bodker not scoring. I think those are the two things that are causing DeBoer to change lines so frequently. Yeah. Um, and that's why I think he's not really happy with, you know, uh, with a set of lines. I think we've talked about before that he really, really likes, he, he's got pairs of players, you know, like yeah. we've talked about before. They're little twosomes that, that kind of stay consistent and there are other guys who will shift around. And to me, the, yeah, the second line, I really, really like the Couture Donskoy Ward line, and I've liked it since last year, and I really yeah. think they should stick with that. And I really like, you know, one game sample size, so whatever. I like LeBanc up with the Joes. And so then it comes to kind of solving the bottom six, and assuming Hurdle's still playing, I mean, you know, there's not really a whole lot else you can, you can do there, yeah. uh, in my opinion. I mean, I don't know. I mean, is there anything you see among those bottom six guys that you would make an argument for? He, seem, he seems to like pairing uh, – he seems to have paired Marlowe and Hurdle together. And for yeah. good reason, I think even though Marlowe hasn't scored, um, and, you know, I think, you know, we could talk about how age has caught up to him. Uh, I think he's looked his best playing with Tomas Hurdle. I don't, I think that's, I have to, I'd have to look at the numbers and confirm that, but I think that's, that's been, that's gotten the most out of him. And I think DeBoer kind of realizes that Hurdle, you know, I don't, maybe he's looking at the same possession numbers we are, but, you know, you look at his relative numbers and, you know, Hurdle makes the players who play with him better. They have the puck more with Hurdle as opposed to uh, when they when he's not out there, they have it less. So uh, that being said, you know, I, it's interesting. I wonder, and you know, I don't know how willing he is to do this. And you know, it's it's probably years past the point, but you got to think if he's looking to get Marlowe jumped, a jump started. Is he going to give him a shot on the top line? I mean, I know LeBanc looked great there, and I don't think you break that up until they give you a reason to. But, you know, Marlowe's had chemistry with, with Thornton in the past. I'm not sure if he's ever played with the, with Thornton and, and Pavelski. I believe he just played with, you know, Thornton uh, and Setaguchi for a long time. But, you know, stylistically, like, I could see that being a mesh, and I think LeBanc's a player that, you know, they they can move up and down the lineup. But I think – you know, the it's the rookie that they want to get going and have the comfortable role and not slide up and down. I think they're okay with Marlowe bouncing around because, you know, he's played in the league for so long. He's, he's, he's been around, the, you know, uh, trying to think of the cliche he used, but you know what I mean? He's been, this isn't his first rodeo. So um, sure. maybe found the worst cliche I could have used there, but um, he, uh, I think he's um. So that's my long-winded way of saying, you know, they've got to do something to get him going. Uh, you know, and I wonder too, they didn't score on the power play tonight. We saw Marlowe get bumped down to the second unit. I, I've, I've been wondering, 
if and when he was going to make that make a change on those power play units. I mean, you know, he switched Joel Ward there, you know, as big a reason as any, I think that Ward's scoring is down is that he's not getting that power play time last year. He got power play time and, you know, that was almost a third of his, his uh, scoring output was on the power play. Um, so I, I wonder if, you know, maybe DeBoer is going to yeah, mix it up. There's, I think they're tw- they were 12th in the league coming into tonight in uh, power play percentage. Correct. So they haven't been awful, but you know, they're not, it's not the same standard. So, that being said, even though that top unit hasn't scored, I still think Marlowe's looked good there, even though he healed that shot tonight. That that unit generates so many chances. I think in the long run, uh, if they want their special teams to be humming, that's probably their top unit uh, to put together. But I you know, I wonder if DeBoer's gonna mix up the pairings. He's been very hesitant to do so, but I think he I think he's got enough enough of a sample now through uh, what is it, seventeen games? Seventeen games yeah. so far? think he's got enough of a sample through 17 games to say maybe we need to you know maybe we need to change it up a little bit and he started to do that tonight but um you know i, I what's he you think lebanks maybe earned some power play time after his performance tonight uh i think he's earned power play time just by the nature of the sharks not scoring on the power play and i'm not i'm firmly in the you know not worried about the power play camp but right um you know, uh, I think that this is as good an opportunity as any to for an excuse to to see what he can do on there. Um, yeah. You know, I wouldn't put him on the top unit necessarily, but maybe. I mean, I would put him on the top unit instead of over Joel Ward. You know, I mean that 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 would be my thought. And then you put if you put LeBanc up there, you can bump uh, Marlowe down to the second unit. And quite frankly, I mean, you know, just let Ward play Ward play on the second power play unit as well. Um, I think it's a mistake that they're playing two defenders on in the second power play unit. Also, I, I, I think agree that's. With that incredibly stupid um, that's honestly if i have a, a beef with any of uh, deborah's lineup decisions that's the biggest one uh, playing plastic on that second power play unit is just it's just, i just it's it's unconscionable yeah. to me why you would do that it just doesn't make any sense i think he's been you know he's been okay there this year he scored that goal against right. tampa bay um it's but, more that there's so many gifted <laughs> offensive yeah. players that like why are you punting yeah and i you know and i i, I feel too that you know, because I think Vlasic, when he's there, Vlasic's the guy who's quarterbacking that power play more. Right, which Trump doesn't make any sense either. That's why I, isn't Schlumpko doing that? Isn't that why they got him? Yeah, and I, I'd, rather I see, I'd rather see Schlumpko in that role because I think, yep. I mean, just watching it even strength, I think he, he likes likes being able to straddle the blue line like that. And honestly, even if you just swap those two roles, I think I think Vlasic would yeah. read up a little more and he wouldn't have to be, you know, because he's a great skater. He's just... You know, and this is a eye test thing, and not necessarily a stats back thing. I just I don't think he he's great at getting pucks through on net. I think he's good, but he's not he's not as good as Schlemko, and I think that's what they need there. But at the same time, you know, he's DeBoer's seen more of Vlasic than he's seen of Schlemko, and I think you know he doesn't. I you know I don't I don't think Vlasic has a he's not a guy who's going to powder anything. I don't think, but I think he. Vlasic wants to be playing in every situation. He wants to show that he's not just a defensive defenseman, even though what he does at even strength and on the penalty kill is so valuable that he could be an absolute net negative on the power play and he'd still be, you know, arguably the most valuable player. So, you know, I think it's, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I think that's a simple switch he could make. Um, but that being said, I think the second units looked a lot better this year than it did last year. I think they're, they're a lot more dangerous and, you know, whether or not you, 
you switch Ward or Bodker there. I, I'm a little surprised that he put Ward on the top unit and then move Marlowe down. You know, well, Marlowe replaced Hurdle, but I'm surprised he hasn't switched Ward for Bodker a little sooner because, you know, but at the same time, too, I don't think he wants to, you know, dampen Bodker's confidence. Not that that would. He seems like he's been, you know, in, in experiences in the locker room, he seems like he's been, he just seems like a pretty straight shooter. It doesn't seem like he's, you know, I wouldn't say he lacks confidence, even though he hasn't scored. Um, but that, that's a guy they're going to need to get going for sure. In addition to Marlowe, and I, I think you put it best. I think their their his lineup headaches are caused by the lack of scoring. From I think he can live with one of those guys not scoring as much. But if they're right. both struggling, both Bodker and Marlowe, then you know, then you've got a real quandary on your hands. That being said, I thought the two looked good together when they were on a line. But you know, I don't know how much that was Tomas Hurdle be just making everybody around him better. Yeah, I think uh, I think that that for guys like that, uh, this it's really you know really just the scoring that matters because other guys on their lines are going to be generating the possession, uh, and so when that's not happening, that's really you know kind of puts the team in a bind because other guys are doing so much extra work in order to create possession. Um, and I think the biggest thing too is that you know they got Bodker for scoring. That is what he is there for. That's yeah. why he's on the top power play unit. That's why or why he's playing on the power play. That's that's the deal. Um, that being said, it's a guy that's been a guy who's gotten to the NHL based on his shooting ability. Yeah. Um, so I don't think that you know uh, the streakiness. It's not new. This is how all scores are. So I uh, yeah I would agree that you know. Listen, if, uh, if, if this kind of goal drought type situation causes you to lose confidence, you probably didn't make it to the NHL to begin with. So yeah. I certainly don't think that that's a, a factor. Yeah. Um, but it is, it, you know, it's just kind of frustrating. And this is the kind of thing that can happen in, you know, a hockey season is that, you know, sometimes guys just aren't, aren't scoring, whether or not they're creating good chances, whether or not they're doing the right things, whatever. Um, and so, you know, I think it's important on one hand to reward result-based play in the sense that, hey, you know, if a guy, if something's not working, maybe think about making a change at the same time. You know, I think that, you know, you should take uh, a more uh, measured approach, especially when you're looking at a, a guys that have as much NHL experience as these two. Um, to get back to something you talked about earlier about how, if Marlowe has played with Pavelski and Thornton, he's actually, so I looked on Corsica, so this is data from 2007, uh, the 06-07 season, all the way to present. Um, so the three even strength lines that Marlowe has the most ice time with. So Marlowe, Thornton, Setaguchi at 1,080 minutes. Yep. Marlowe, Thornton, Heatley at 808. Yep. And then, oh, wow. Throwback. Then Marlowe, Thornton, Pavelski at 792. Really? So a lot of time that, together. Wow, in I, fact. And I think that's, that's probably a while ago. That's before, you know, uh, I was even paying attention to something like ice time yeah. or whatever. Uh, when I was just kind of watching the games, you know, yeah. whatever. Um, so that surprises me. That's a, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, and well together, and again, this is obviously, this number doesn't mean a whole lot because you're talking about taking players over the course of almost a decade, but while together yeah. they had a 57.68 Corsi four percentage and that score zone adjusted, et cetera. So, you know, that's I, good. So at least yeah. there was a time when they played a lot together and were also extremely good. You know, I, I wonder if he, I wonder if he goes that route then. Uh, you know, I think he'll he'll give LeBanc an extended look, but I I think it's a it's it's something you got to try. I think especially yeah, if Marlowe sure. continues uh continues to struggle a bit uh, at even strength. I think another you know 
and there, we're, we're talking a little bit about the negatives, but I think one of the positives this road trip is that um, I think Aaron Dell proved last game that he's he warrants uh, more chances more. to play. Uh, Agreed. I, yeah. I, I think he should start on Saturday in uh, Arizona, and he'll probably start one of the Sharks games at home next week. I mean, they've got that, that Friday-Saturday doubleheader. I'd imagine he's going to start one of those, probably that game against the Islanders because, you know, they – that team, the he start, he's already started against the Islanders once this season, so you might as well uh, give him double. What did you uh, do? You think he's going to play tomorrow? Do you think? I mean, you would probably you probably agree that he should play, but do you think? Yeah, I think he should play, play on Saturday. No, he's not going to play. Absolutely not. Remember, <laughs> so now we talked on the last podcast, right? About you know, oh, when's Dell going to get a start? And we both thought, yeah, he'll probably start against Carolina. And I said then, I think he should start against Carolina and Arizona. But if they lose their games against Carolina and St. Louis, he will not play Saturday. And I yep. can almost guarantee he is yep. not going to play Saturday. I mean, I feel just abundantly confident about uh, Pete, Pete DeBoer's psychology on that. I mean, yeah. that's yeah. just – it would be a pleasant surprise if Doug gets a start. But at the same time, I wouldn't be, you know, upset if Jones starts because he's going to get a few days off after that anyway. Yeah. So, you know, whatever. That being said, it makes me feel a whole lot better that Dell played as well as he did against Carolina because I feel like that should um, – give the Sharks a little bit more confidence that, you know, they don't need to go out and, and make any moves in that regard. Cause I feel like that would just be a huge waste of assets uh, at this point of the season or any oh, point yeah. of the season. Uh, it'd be really great if they don't have to do that. And I don't, I don't really see why they feel like they do given his AHL numbers and given how well, uh, you know, his two NHL game sample size. And you got to remember too, that this is a guy that put up really good AHL numbers with, you know, rosters really bad team last, bad, bad team, team the last two years yeah yeah i mean the team was a little bit better last year than the year before yeah. but i mean not much um yeah so you know and his ahl numbers have been great you know so yeah. i think that, that it shouldn't really even be a conversation quite frankly and it's probably only a conversation because he's only gotten two starts in 17 games you know i know yeah. they like to really work jones a lot and uh, uh and that's a similar way to you know the way Niemi was handled here to some more way Jonathan Quick is handled in LA, um, you know, but I feel like given how many games he played last year, it's kind of relative lack of experience and starting so much. I feel like giving Dell more opportunities is, is a good idea, even if it leads to, you know, some losses because the Sharks aren't scoring. Yeah, but no, I, I agree completely. I mean, I'm, I'm pulling up his hot Martin Jones hockey reference. You know, I, I, he's on pace to definitely shatter is the most games he started in the season. He started 65 last year. You know, I, that was definitely the most since junior, trying to find his, his junior stats. So, of course, Hockey Reference doesn't have them. Yeah, uh, but, finding you know, junior got, stats is like They're going to have two back-to-backs in a span of five days next, starting next week. They've got two games on thir- Friday, Saturday. they got a break on Monday, Tuesday. And then uh, – no, excuse me. they got a break on, on Sunday, Monday. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, they got back to back. So, you know, and then they have a game that Friday, then they have five days off. So I, in that span, I'd like to see Dell start, I think at least two games and, you know, him starting two of the next, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I don't think that's unreasonable. And, you know, Jones starting five of set every seven games is probably the ideal number they, they have for him anyway. Um, you know, especially considering, you know, last year was, yeah, the most games he started in junior was 50 in the regular season was 55 and the most games he started in AHL regular season was 56, you know, and he had that playoff run last year too. So you're, 
you're really looking at more like 90 starts last season. So they, which is a lot. That's a lot of games. So you know they got to start getting Dell in, and I think you know he he showed. I think he showed that game against Carolina that they can rely on him because I you know Carolina team's good. Like they they yeah. got good goaltending for once, but they're a good they're a very good hockey team and. Uh, yeah. If it wasn't for their goaltending, and, and obviously it was good uh, on Tuesday, uh, go figure. If it wasn't for their goaltending, they're a playoff team. I mean, the last two years, I think at least, and and this year, yeah. you know, their yeah. possession numbers have been elite for yeah. a while, and they're just goaltending has just been absolute garbage. And yeah, so here we are. Yeah, I can't believe the Columbus Blue Jackets have a better record than them right now. I just looked at the standings. That- that's baffling. Not how I expected it to go down, but you know, There's yeah, a well, lot of uh, early, yeah. early apparitions. I think in the nice to see the well, Oilers think, have, have. I was just gonna say, yeah, there, so. here they come. Here come the Oilers, baby, back to normal, just Mine the way we up. like. Uh, yep. The Ducks are. So actually how long till they f- fire uh, Todd McClellan? Is yeah. that is that happening soon? Or I feel like it's. I got to wonder. Edmonton panicked move. I, I, I do. I think. I think it could happen. Yeah, if they don't make the playoffs this year, I could see him losing his job. Yep, absolutely. Even though I don't think they should have, they should not have had that expectation this season. But yeah. Yep. The Oilers, Sharks, uh, are, yeah, Sharks are so lucky that their division is not great, and like the rest of the West too has not been very good. Chicago's been excellent. The Blues are nine, six, and three. So you know, an overtime loss. Yes, they got points, but they're five hundred. Their goal differential is minus six. You know the the Jets are are streaming are doing really well, but there's really only like I think the Sharks and the and the Blue and the Blackhawks are the only teams where if you combine the loss and overtime losses, yeah, they're the only teams that are above 500 in the Western Conference right now. Which is and it's also worth noting that uh, teams like uh, like the Blackhawks especially have really not been very good at all. They've just been exceptionally lucky. Corey Crawford yeah. has played out of his. Oh, he's he's probably mind. he's probably the front runner for the Vezina right now. Oh yeah, well, I mean, to me, without without question, yeah, their yeah. PDO is the uh, so so that would be save percentage plus shooting percentage and even yeah. strength uh, is one hundred four point oh five. That's the second highest in the league. Let and me guess who's first. Montreal. Close. Now, see, that's what I would have guessed too. Uh, now, do you have a second guess? Another Eastern Conference team that often ends up pretty high in this category. Hmm? I do not know Toronto with another uh, hot goaltender. That's a good one. Uh, Ray, oh, a, Rangers for sure. The yeah, Rangers. exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah, so you see what I did. Anyway, yeah, not the not the point. One hundred five point seven nine, and the Montreal third one hundred three point nine five, and then no. your Columbus Blue Jackets one hundred three point eight five. So we might see at some point some of these things start to uh, coalesce a little bit. I think the the so, Rangers would probably stay pretty high because of Lundqvist. Right. Yeah, and it, you there are teams that are going to be a little bit higher, but one hundred five. That's crazy. That's that's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. Um, I mean, it can happen, of course. It's just wouldn't 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 go out and put money on that. Wouldn't not do. a sustainable strategy for sure. No, no, it is not. Uh, yeah, Chicago right now, their even strength save percentage is nine five five eight. That's the best in the league. That'll that'll do it. You know, the Sharks by comparison are nine one two nine uh, nine one two seven. So yikes! Yikes! No bueno. Could be worse though. Flyers are at the bottom at eight 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 six. So let's all pull one out for our boy Steve Mason. Hold on. Oh Hello. man, Mikhail Neuvert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, interesting fact uh, tonight. The, so the Sharks, you know, uh, didn't play all that well against Jake Allen, but it could have been worse. Uh, 
Carter Hutton, former Shark, uh, is the backup in St. Louis, and I was awfully worried we would get shut out by Carter Hutton. I want to say again because I feel like that's happened at least one or once or twice. I'll look up uh, his game log on Hockey Reference. Uh, just good lord. If there's anything worse than facing a backup goaltender, it's a backup goaltender that actually used to play for the Sharks. That's basically the the kiss of death. You know, we wouldn't have even had to watch the game tonight. We could have just been like, well, all right, Carter Hutton posts another shutout. You know, he definitely got a shutout when he was playing for Nashville against the Sharks. Yeah, and that's what I think too. Uh, and he probably only has. Yeah, he's only got four career shutouts. So, uh, yeah. That's a guy I'm amazed, like, just on a tangent. Like, he was not incredible in San Jose, but, you know, he left – or in Worcester, really, and then he left. And, uh, you know, yep, she shut out the Sharks uh, once. 35 saves. Thank you. I just – He's allowed four goals in three games against the Sharks in his career. That's, he stopped 35 that's... or more shots each time. His lowest save percentage is 9.7. That is just disgusting. What a jerk. That's remarkable. Yeah, the, 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 his only loss, which, you know, bad stat, is in a shootout. And that was a game he made 38 freaking saves in. Unbelievable. <laughs> you know, literally unbelievable. Literally it always happens to Sharks, right? You wrote about Kippersoff. You know, he's a guy who wasn't doing a ton here and then went to Calgary and came one of All the of a sudden. Lead. That's true. Yep. So that's a very uh, – let's talk about that for a second. Uh, that trade happened 13 years ago uh, yesterday, so Wednesday, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, that's a, a really rare, very good trade for both teams. I mean, you know, Kipper was never going to start here with, with Nabby and Nett. Um, you know, the Flames didn't really, really did not give up very much to get a very, very, very good goaltender for them. Um, and to turn into Mark Edward Vlasic in the 2005 draft, is that right? Yes, yep. second round, uh, the fifth pick in the second round. Um, that uh, that worked out okay. Yeah, as it turns out. And I, uh, I, I think I was thinking about the Kippersoft trade the other day, and I, I didn't realize that Vlasic was the pick that they got. And then I was like, oh man, that's really not a great trade in hindsight, seeing what Kippersoft did. And then I'm like, oh, they got Vlasic in return. So yeah, it absolutely worked out for uh for both teams. I think the the strangest pick trade that I can recall is. In 04, or excuse me, 03, the Sharks traded for the rights to Mark Messier. They traded a fourth round pick, and then they didn't resign. They didn't sign him. He signed in New York. Obviously. Yeah. He signed in New York, and then that pick became Ryan Callahan. Huh. I don't know if I'm really all that upset that the Sharks didn't get Ryan Callahan. I mean, give like him a, a fourth-round pick for a guy you didn't even sign. Like, yeah, that's, that's pretty bad. Like, uh, I, I wish I'd been paying attention because who would have thought that was a good idea? I mean, I like, I like the gusto from Doug Wilson, but, man, I mean, no way Messier was going to come here. No, not in a million years, literally. Uh, a, a couple of my favorite notes from the um, – uh, Kippersoft trade. Actually, my favorite note is, uh, I don't know if you uh, read the post, but uh, do you know who Calgary selected with their first round pick? I just reread the post, but I will God. not, I will not, I will not say it. I, it, uh, it was Matt Pellick. Yeah. Former Sharks future, enforcer. Yeah, future, the, well, at the time future, now former Shark, Matt. Or uh, Worcester Shark, mostly. Good Lord. Playing in Austria. Well, I, that's, there are worse places to play, I guess, as far oh, as... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I hear it's beautiful this time of year. The most points he had in junior were 35. How many penalty minutes was his most? 171. 
Ah, yeah. Ah, yeah. That's the Matt Pelic I remember. First round material. <laughs> a first round pick. Um, yeah, it's probably has something to do with why Calgary hasn't done anything for uh, ever. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty terrible pick. His best, uh, best year in junior was as an underager. Or he's like 16. He had 10 points in 62 games. Well, before his, sorry, his last year he had five, 35 points in 58 games, 30 of which were assists. What league? Is he a defenseman? Yeah, he was a defenseman. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, what league? The, oh, the OHL. Oh, okay. Well, who do you play for? Belleville Bulls. Oh, no, they're not, they're nobody. It's not like he played for like the Knights or something. Well, uh, you know, I think, I believe PK Subban played in Belleville. Um, is that right? I believe so. Let me okay. check. I'm going to fact check myself. He did. Yeah. Yes. All yes, right, he did. Paul. All right. I oh, want to check hey, play together now. Chris Paul played for Wake Forest and so did Tim Duncan and they suck. So. And that's amazing. That amazes me, man. Yeah. That's probably my favorite college basketball trivia. So I can bust <laughs> that out whenever, whenever, whenever it's needed. Yes. Uh, all right. So look at Pellick. Yeah. Oh my God. So was Sean Mathias, Matt Bolesky, Eric Tegler. I think that that team played in the Memorial Cup final. Against the Bulls. Uh, Mo- yeah, correct. Yeah, I think you might be right. Uh, well, the Bulls with Kitchener. There are a lot of uh, – if you go back and look at the rosters from that Memorial Cup, there are a lot of interesting names on that, uh, which is something I should probably write a post about it sometime because I feel like I've looked at that Wikipedia page about a thousand times and this useless knowledge needs to be dumped somewhere. 10th anniversary um, coming up in May. There's your time peg. Oh, that's absolutely happening. Uh, right May, yeah. I'm going to write it right now and just schedule it for May. No big deal. <laughs> I uh, Last season, so this is a little inside baseball, back in November of last year, I wrote a 500-word post about who the Ducks should hire when they fire Randy Carlisle. And I saved that post. For months, and well, I really thought. Pedro, you mean right? Or a Pedro? Sorry. Well, Jesus, God, oh, ruin my own punchline. I'm the worst. <laughs> anyway, I, I sat on that post for a very, very long time, and it got to the point where I thought, hey, you know what? They're just not going to do it. But I didn't delete it because I believed. And sure enough, I got to go in, make some very minor edits to the post, and republish it right from the get-go when they fired him. I think I had that post up before ESPN. Okay, no, somewhere that covers hockey. So TSN. Uh, one of my proudest moments. That, that that felt pretty good. So I'm not above doing that. I will do that. Hey, that's smart. Although, wait, I don't know if DeBoer coached. I could be looking at this wrong. Am I reading this wrong? Hold on. Maybe. I don't. I don't want to be wrong. Is if you got this post ready, you know. All right, Matt Pellick. Yeah, I don't know. It is possible that it was a different Memorial Cup final. I I, I thought that PK Subban was in that one, but uh, I I could definitely be wrong. Um, I, it doesn't even say DeBoer was. Let's see. Which uh, Memorial Cup are you looking at? 07. 07. Uh, I think, wasn't it the 08 one? Yeah, it was. Uh, we're off by a year. Dang it. So but that mean it? did play oh. the 08 one, yes. That, that's, that'll, that still works. Okay, yeah. Well, nine-year anniversary. Oh, hey, that's well, still your time peg. Hey, that's fine. Okay, that's absolutely fine. Absolutely right about this. The amount of players that are on this, like and Johnson, another, uh, like Justin yeah, Falk. I know. Bad Justin Falk. Uh, not good Justin Falk. The Spokane Chiefs, the WHL team, used to play in that league. 
or I mean, God, Jesus Christ, it's played in that Memorial Cup, are owned by the Brett brothers. So that's George Brett and his brothers. Not only did I used to work for a minor league baseball team that they owned in Rancho Cucamonga, that one of the brothers is a Cal Poly Pomona alum, which is also where I went hey, to school. This is going to be a, a book. I'm writing a book about the 2008 <laughs> Memorial Cup. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be great. I cannot wait. Oh, Claude Giroux also was, uh, was played in this tournament. It'll this is a really good book tournament. And Yannick Weber. Oh, my God. And Nick Spalling. Yeah, uh, I know. Yeah, the, this stupid tournament is the reason Nick Spalling played in a Stanley Cup final <laughs> last year. So, Oh, man, that Kitchener team was stacked, man. Uh, you know who Cadbury. else played on that Peter DePore team? Uh, your boy, uh, Mikhail Bodker. So weird that he's here now. And you know who else? A former Shark, Brandon Machinter. Yep. Oh, so uh, when are the Sharks going to get Nazem Kadri? Because I see that we've had like half of the roster here from this Kitchener Rangers team, so I yeah. think we should go get him. Dan Kelly. Also, Dan Kelly. Dan Kelly yep. The AHL. Yep. So they can get Rob Bortuzzo for sure. I, I was gonna say Rob Bortuzzo, Scott Timmins. Wow, this is a wild, wild roster. Um, man, God, Godspeed to anyone who stuck around long enough to hear us talk about the 2008 Memorial Cup. This is the most tangent <laughs> we've gotten on any of these before. That's all right. We covered a lot of good stuff before that. The long short of it is. Uh, let's, let's hit some bullet points. I'm, gonna, I'm writing a post about why the Sharks don't need to make any crazy changes to their power play tomorrow. So let's relax about that. Maybe get ready to panic if hurdles out. Uh, yeah, yeah. Playing Marlowe on the first line may, might be a good idea. At least give it a go and see if that's something that works. Yep. Uh, throw everything out the window, though, if hurdle is hurt, because we're going to have to do a whole new podcast to, yep. to talk ourselves through that. So. Yeah, uh, and the last thing would be Aaron Dell is a it seems to be a good NHL backup, and he should start on Saturday, but he will not. Yep, I think that's everything. That's that's pretty much it. Yeah, and and you know, ten minutes of Memorial Cup talk. Absolutely, I'll make sure to put that in the thing. Hey, there's going to be ten minutes of Memorial Cup talk. You don't need to keep listening after that. It's okay. Um, yeah, we don't have any sponsors uh, to to appease at the back end of the show, so we're good yeah, to go. Seriously. So uh, we'll do it if you're interested. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll take uh, uh, paid in beer also. If uh, yeah, good lord, uh, we'll take some chum beer. I'll I'll, I'll plug it twice a show. No problem. No problemo. Uh, we might do another one of these on Monday. We'll see because it seems like neither of us do anything on Monday. So uh, why not? Uh, oh, they do play on Monday. So oh, do they, oh this is the week they play on Monday, huh? Okay, yeah. well then, so maybe not. Uh, don't hold me to that. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow uh, Marcus on Twitter at Marcus P. White. I'm on Twitter at Jake Sundstrom and at Fear the Finn. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram now. I hope you, you listen to the end of the show so that you can go follow that. That's at fear.the.fin, which is terrible because someone else already has the Fear the Finn handle. Squatters. Just the Instagram handles. squatters. Anywho, we got uh, some, a cool graphic on there and some, a couple videos on there right now. And uh, we'll try to you know, keep that updated pretty regularly. Uh, and so that's, uh, that's about it. So until next time, thank you for joining us, guys. Appreciate it as always. And you can subscribe to us on iTunes if you haven't already, just by searching Fear the Fin on the iTunes store. So that's it. Thanks, guys. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. 
Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.